Hello and welcome to A's Plus, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Oakland A's and Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle A's beat writer Susan Slusser, and today, first up, we have Blake Trinan, the A's closer, whose 0.78 ERA last year was the best in Major League history by a pitcher with 80 or more innings. He will tell us about the difficulties of dealing with last year's wildcard disappointment. Then A's travel secretary, Mickey Morabito, stops by, and he will tell us about how he gets the A's 160-person travel party to Japan and the headaches that might come with that. All next on A's Plus. We are joined by closer Blake Trinan, who's coming off one of the great seasons ever by an ace closer, really uh, in history by a closer. Blake, how do you how do you try to top what you did for the ace last year? Can you? Um, I mean, there's so much that goes into a season that we had last year that um, you can't really say you can or can't. Um, you know, I can count on my hands times where I felt like a run that I gave up, I could have done something better. And I can count on my hand times where I didn't have my stuff and my defense picked me up. Case in point, Kansas City, guys on third base, one out, Marcus, you know, infields in, dives, and from his knee throws the guy out at home. It's like that is a plus-plus play that you can't you can't expect to happen. But, you know, since we had gold glove nominees around the infield, you can tip your cap and say thank you for that. And I don't know how many other times, countlessly, our defense was able to pick me up. Steven made some catches that were huge in the right field. I think the biggest thing is just maintain consistency and, and diligence with your work prep and and take care of your body as long as I'm healthy and um, and I'm and I'm and I'm staying in games I'm gonna have opportunities to build on my craft so um, I just really want to I really want to do the best I can to to be consistent for this organization and for my family and and for Christ. When you look at last year uh, and and your stuff, I mean, I know people people were like focusing like specifically, like you know, the kind of breaks you were getting. We, were, we saw that all the time. Like there were like diagrams and people posting things on Twitter. What what was the really key the key for you when it came to your stuff last year? Man, I don't know. I think maybe just consistency. I've thrown pitches like that in the past, and I think it gets kind of drowned out with lack of execution at times. I mean, in, in D.C., I'd have stretches where I felt like I was, you know, I'm like, man, I've got the best fastball in the game. I've got the most movement with velocity. Um, some people throw harder with less movement. Some people have more movement with less velocity. And I'm just, in my mind, I've got to believe I have the best stuff. And I, and I really did believe it. And I do to this day, too. But, um, you know, I I think the biggest thing is, is keeping it in the zone and executing pitches. And I... I think as you get older, you learn your body better, and um, you know you, you figure out what you have to do pitch to pitch as opposed to batter to batter. Um, if young earlier in my career, it was dang I wasn't getting out front with my sinker for that batter, and I'd fight it for a few pitches, and I end up walking a guy or giving up a hit, and the next guy I find it, and then you know the next time I get up to face the third batter. Um, you know, I have, maybe I'm going to a slider and I spike a couple. And, you know, it's just a matter of finding in-game adjustments, pitch to pitch as opposed to batter to batter, as opposed to inning to inning. And I think just, I think knowing your body and getting older, you, it's hard to really pinpoint an exact thing. I, I know everybody wants these, like, answers to, like, why I had success when I came here. And I think, first and foremost, God wanted me here. Secondly, I've been blessed to have the right people at the right time teach me new things, whether it be the academic side and and uh, just a cerebral approach to the game when it comes to game planning or just as simple as from the head coming from 
Bob Melvin with, hey, you're our guy. We trust you. We got full confidence, and and we, you you just go do you. And I think all that together just breeds success. And when guys can relax, when I can relax, and from my perspective, and see our offense go out there and put up runs late. When our starters know our offense is going to put up runs late. When you know we do our job and people feel like, hey, when we got to lead late, we can win. I think it just takes the pressure off everybody. I mean, everybody works so well together, all three parts moving, defense, hitting, starting, relieving, and that takes the pressure off each individual and it allows people to have career years. You um, got a chance to be the Nationals closer briefly in 2017. How much to kind of what you went through then before you get traded back to the Oakland organization, how much did kind of like, you know, failing a little bit there, how much did that help you now that you're kind of a you know one of the top-notch closers in the game um i think people keep throwing this top-notch closer thing at me based on one year and, and i'm very grateful for that uh i guess acknowledgement but I, i'd like to do it a few years in a row before people start throwing me in the categories of the names they've thrown um but i appreciate it i i think it's a it's a tribute to what we were able to accomplish last year, but in DC, it was my first time ever throwing the ninth inning, you know, and actually being told that's my that's my inning and that's your job. And it's a different monster. I mean, you have to understand what you have to do to be successful back there and what guys are trying to do against you. Um, so, I think the learning curve. You know, I'm grateful to have another opportunity to do it in Oakland, but uh, most people don't get that chance. And um, the learning curve for me was just. I needed the experience. Experience is the best teacher. And, and once I realized I failed, it gave me a chance. I didn't have to realize that I saw it. You know, like it was failure and it's not what that team needed at the time. And <clears throat> they, they needed better. I mean, that offense, that first half was historical. And um, the fact that we were scratching and clawing for, for wins um, that first half was kind of unfair to the team and organization. So I'm glad they got Doolittle and Madsen to help solidify that pin. And just not just for that year, but for years to come. And um, I, I didn't want to be the weak link of that trade, and I wanted I wanted to honor the team that gave me a chance again. So I think you know, back to your your question is just experience is the best teacher, and 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 knowing what I didn't do right, it became a focus to to become more successful here. You mentioned the trade. Um, I mean, you look at that trade now. It, obviously, it's been one that's worked for both teams, but you know, the A's get you. And they get Shellanoisi and Jesus Lazardo. What have yeah. you thought of what you've seen of Jesus? And did you did you know him very much at all in the in the Washington system? Had you seen him at all? No, I didn't even know these names. I, you know, there's always prospects coming up, and there's always power stuff and tools. I mean, anybody gets drafted has tools. And um, I've never I never heard of the name. And then once he was traded, you start realizing, hey, these two guys were. I mean, more than likely. I mean, you, you call it what it is. I see it as transparent as possible. I knew I was a piece of it, but those two guys were the main piece of that trade. And, and um, you know, I'll be danged. I mean, I want to honor them with what I with I, with what I had and, and be a big part of it too. And, you know, hopefully I've uh, exceeded expectations for this organization. I want to do that again this year. But back to Jesus, he's a special talent and he's going to – He's going to impact a club at some point. I don't. I'm not the one that gets paid to make those decisions, but he's he's got poise. He's got stuff. He's got cojones. I mean, he's just he he pitches fearlessly out there and you know acts like he's been there before. And that's pretty rare for a young guy, especially a starter. Sometimes you get that bulldog mentality in the bullpen, but I mean, as a starter, so young, it's pretty impressive. 
You talk about um, experience and how valuable that is. Obviously, you guys went to the wild card game last year, and that was a disappointment. But is that something you can all use that experience in that game going forward this year, kind of knowing what you have, the talent level on this team, and then having gone through that together? Yeah, I think it. I think it drives um, your competitive nature. Guys want to go out there and prove that we're better than just a one-game loot, you know, loser, winner, take all type thing. And um, I think now that we know that what we're capable of amid everybody in the baseball world telling us we were supposed to finish last in our division. Now we're a, a step ahead of the game, even ahead of what this organization probably thought we were capable of in the moment. Um, I think it I think it shows guys that this team could be special, but you can't just base this year on what we did last year. This year's a new year, and you have to put that behind you. I mean, yeah, you can sit there and dwell on what happened in the playoffs, and you can sit there and, and get caught up in, you know, the success that we all individually had last year and as a team. And, yeah, I've been I've been looking at last year. I've been, you know, running highlight reels. I think it's good to see positive things, but at the same time, you have to put that behind you and, and, and pay attention to what this year is because last year we snuck up on teams. This year – you're not going to sneak up on anybody. They know what this team's capable of, and it starts their offense, and then it ends with our bullpen. And then, you know, we've got a lot of arms as starters that are pitching extremely well right now and have great stuff. So it'll be very interesting to see how this team responds this year because, I mean, it's year to year. I mean, you look at what teams have been able to do. Like even in, you know, I hate to bring it up, but when I was in D.C., we had teams where we go out and sign Max Scherzer and we didn't make the playoffs. It's like how does that – how do we not find a way to the playoffs when I was – you know, when we were in that position with the players that we had, but it happens. And, you know, injuries have a huge part of it. Staying healthy is huge. Guys, next guy up performing was huge for us last year. And there's so many moving parts, but if we're diligent in our work and we pay attention to little things and don't take for granted what we have ahead of us, potentially, I mean, this yeah. team, you know, the sky's the limit. And there's sky's the limit for years to come. There's a lot of young players that, um, that can be here for a long time. Uh, the wild card game, you obviously came in the mm -hmm. game much earlier than usual. Did, did you feel like, you know, in retrospect, did you feel like maybe that affected you any? It, it, you know, the whole opener strategy was unusual. We knew there was a possibility you might come in earlier, but it was uh, so much earlier than usual. And, and you obviously did not have your, your best results. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what, what you can attribute that game to. I mean, when it comes to not having the, the results that, you know, the year had had presented for us and myself and um, you know I don't want to sit here and say it's me coming in early or what whatever for whatever reason my slider was by far the worst that has been in the last four years and even when I was going through tough stretches my slider still had break to it and it was just spinning my sinker was good my four seamer was good everything was fine and I was getting ahead of guys. It was what happened when I got ahead of guys trying to put away with my slider. If you recall, Luke Voigt, a slider that typically starts in the lane that he hit to the right field, dives down and off the plate. It sat there. He drove it to right field. Good piece of hitting, bad execution of the pitch, and honestly, not the pitch that doing typically what it's supposed to do. Tip your cap. It's a good. It's a big time hit in a big situation, and and he executed when he needed to, and I didn't. You go back to the Stanton at bat. I get ahead 0-2, and in most scenarios I'm bearing a slider there and the lane that I started it in is strike the ball typically but it just sat there and he's going to punish a mistake and he did like probably 118 off the bat 107 I don't know it was like the hardest home run I've ever given up in my life probably hit ever 
And that just goes to show in big games and big situations, those guys against me and me against them executed when I didn't. And it wasn't so much like, hey, I was falling behind in the count, I was doing this. I mean, I threw some really good sinkers to those guys, and they were, I mean, we're talking five to ten feet just foul. Yeah. And if it's fair, we roll a double play, and it could be a different game. Totally. I mean, you can't, you can't throw your hat on it, but I'm not – I'm just upset with the execution with two strikes in that game. That's that's what I'm upset with, and and the team deserved better than that. And so, I mean, yeah, there's there's a little bit of you know wanting to get back to the playoffs. To, I mean, just I mean for for my legacy and my family's legacy and what God's blessed me with, I want I don't want my career to be known as hey this guy had a couple of good regular seasons, but when it came to playoffs, I mean, you know, he gave up runs. Like I, I want to be a lockdown clutch guy for, for all situations. And, and, you know, we'll see. I can't dictate if we ever get to the playoffs again. All I can do is throw one pitch at a time and try to get guys out. And when my name's called, try to do the best to hold a lead that my team's given us. So, You you are a man of very deep faith. How, how much did that kind of help you after a, a tough time like that? I, I know a lot of times guys will dwell on a, you know, a bad playoff performance. But uh, your your faith, I'm assuming, it really probably helped you through a little bit. Yeah, I think sometimes in this game, people, you know, and it, it could easily be me too, and I've been there. Um, you you put your identity in a game, and the game is so short-lived, and your life is so much longer, and there's so much more to life than just what we do on a day-to-day basis. It's it's about interaction. It's about making an impact. It's about love. It's it's about living for Christ as much as you can. And I, I. I, I, you know, I leaned on my wife and um, my family, and it wasn't it wasn't that hard for me to get over it. The hardest part is looking your teammates in the eye when they fought. We all fought so hard to get there, and and you know, it didn't go the way you wanted, and you feel like you're responsible because the majority of the runs came when I was on the mound. So, um, I think the biggest thing is just realizing my identity is in Christ and not in a game, and that I still have a beautiful wife two amazing children and a family to fall back on that I've been blessed with. And that's that's more long lasting than, than a game is. And, you know, I don't I think some people probably look at this explanation and call me crazy. But I mean, I it is how I think you can't get caught up and put your identity in anything other than the one thing. And for me, it's Christ. And for everybody else, it's you've got to make that decision to what that is. But um, yeah, it's it was. It wasn't too hard. It, it sucked, of course. Competitive nature. Yeah. You don't want to ever go out there and lose or or be unsuccessful. But at the end of the day, it was. It was okay. So, how do you see things for for this team this year? Um, you come in with a, a lot of the same elements. The bullpen is still definitely a strength of the team. The defense is still great. Um, and as you mentioned, teams teams are now aware of what the A's can do. So, how do you see the outlook? And it's kind of like that sophomore year, right? Um, <laughs> you get a lot of guys that come in the league, have success. As individuals, their, their rookie year, and then the second year, the league figures them out, and they have a game plan, and it's like they counter jab. How are you going to respond? And I think for us, that'll be the telltale. If we're able to, if we're able to make adjustments this year to the teams across the league that are making adjustments to us, then then we'll have a really good year. But we've got to we've got to cross our t's and dot our i's and make sure that we're doing everything and day in and day out to be successful and not take it for granted because. 
talent only gets you so far. What got us there last year wasn't just talent. But honestly, I will argue that it's more than talent. It was the togetherness that our team had that most teams don't. And it's not that teams don't get along. I think it's just last year this team had something where we wanted the next guy to do better than us. And we'd do whatever it takes to win, even if it meant sacrificing A, our own stats, B, our playing time, C, anything. I mean, we just we generally just wanted to win because we enjoyed the guys that were on our team. We didn't want people getting traded away. We wanted guys to stay. And so we did whatever we could to win, to keep guys. And then once we started winning and we kept guys and we made additions, we're like, man, this is a real thing. Let's go. So this year it's going to be more of the same. You have to you have to find ways to win and put yourself in position to 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 be in the hunt come August. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Blake Tryman, I think that's a very nice way to sum things up. Thanks so much for joining us on A's Plus. Yeah, no worries. Thank you. Thanks to Blake Trinan for joining us on A's Plus. After this break, Mickey Morabito will tell us about the Japan trip and how he prepares for it. Today, we welcome Mickey Morabito, the A's longtime traveling secretary into the A's Plus podcast. I think this is your second time on the podcast, Mickey, but this time we, we get to talk to you about a very specific and very interesting event, the trip to Japan. I know this creates a lot of headaches for you. How's everything going with about a week left before we leave? How are things going for you? Things are progressing. I'm actually looking forward to just going. I just want to get on the plane, land in Tokyo, get through customs and get to our hotel and then try and enjoy the city. Um, but um, yeah, it's just a process because of the amount of information that's needed uh, because the players all need to apply for visas uh, and to need to collect their passports, have them fill out the visa applications. For example, the teams that are going to London and Mexico, it's like going to Canada, you just need to show your, have your passport information. But we had to go through the whole visa process, which makes it a little bit more work and a little bit, uh, a little bit harder to piece it together. But uh, it's, it's come together now. All the visas are in New York at the consulate. They'll be coming back next week and uh, look forward to just getting in the air on Thursday. Um, how big is the traveling party? We're at about 160 right now uh, with, uh, you know, all the players, coaches uh, were able to bring, you know, a plus one, white, mostly wives, girlfriends. We have a few guys bringing a brother or dad, something like that. Oh, so, uh, yeah, it'll be a fun trip for, for them. How did you find the previous two trips to Japan? Is it, are you kind of like an old pro at this now since you've done it twice before? Yeah, like the first time I did, actually the first time I ever went to Japan, I did an all-star team. I did one of the all-star uh groups that went over there uh, and this is probably this is the third time we've opened there it would have been the fourth time but one of them got called off when the Gulf War started I think in 03 uh, so yeah I got the process down now I mean nothing's shocking me the first time things were coming at you from left and right because you've never done it before you've never been to the city before but this is the third time we, we've stayed at the same hotel so I have that aspect of it done. I mean, as far as bus transportation, the stadium, I, we know the ballpark. So the fact that we have been there, you know, three times already, uh, it does, you know, things don't, I can anticipate things rather than just reacting to things that pop up at the last minute. What, what tend to be the biggest headaches for you once the team is over there? Do you wind up with things that you kind of have to like ride herd on? Actually, once we get over there is the easiest part of it because we have so much help. I, I get an interpreter assigned to me. Uh, it's the same Lady Waka that I've had for the last three trips, and she's terrific. I mean, I just kind of lean on her. Uh, the clubhouse staff is good. Um, so really, once we get over there, it's, it's really... Uh, 
it's really pretty simple. It's just the games and the transportation to the games and everything. And their Japanese are extremely organized. Like I sent them bus times and they confirm it back and forth. And uh, they're very, very organized about how they set things up. So yeah, once we get over there, things kind of flow. And what do you like best about these trips now that you've done it a few times? Uh, other than all the prep work, to get there. Uh, once I get there, I enjoy it because I think Tokyo is really a nice city. So I, I enjoy uh, going there, walking around the city. It's such a clean city. It's kind of weird. You walk around Tokyo and the streets are so clean and there are no garbage cans anywhere. I was always wondering where people throw their garbage, but it's not on the street. So yeah, it's a fun trip once I get over there to experience different things. Now, I know you like your fine dining. Have you managed to find some good places there that you, you enjoy? Actually, I know Bob Melvin, who's a bit of a foodie or a manager, he says that Tokyo has more Michelin five-star restaurants than any city. But I think most of them are more on the Japanese vein, sushi type place like that, which is not me. I'm looking for Italian food. And I did find one place uh, the last time we went that actually did Italian food that didn't s taste like noodles with ketchup on it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I guess it's it's the, there are some good dining places and uh, hopefully I'm, I'm going to follow Bob around. He invited me as his, uh, as his date to go out with Ichiro who's going to show him around. So that's, oh. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that sounds like a very fun trip. Um, now uh, you and I have talked many times over the years about the possibility of Major League Baseball going to England, and this this year they're finally going to London, but with the Yankees and the Red Sox. Uh, what, what's your impression of that trip, and how much would you like to maybe get the A's to Europe at some point? I would love that. I mean, I would be honest with you, being that we've been to Tokyo so many times, that would have been really cool to try London. But I understand the attraction of the Yankees-Red Sox the first time they're going over there, and also two East Coast teams. So they took two East Coast teams there and two West Coast teams going to Tokyo. Just the travel is a little bit easier that way. But, uh, yeah, in the future, I mean, uh, uh, the A's are always going to be a candidate for these games uh, going forward. So hopefully at some point before I step aside, I wouldn't mind getting a European trip. How about Australia? That's been kicked around too. Australia is interesting, it's been a little bit longer flight than yeah. even Tokyo, but uh, yeah, that would be a place I wouldn't mind trying to go to. And you, you guys like it? I mean, it, it seems like it's a good bonding experience. At 2012, there was a lot of talk about, oh, is this good for players? And you come back and you're tired, but it turned that that's a team that wound up winning the division. So, uh, and some people said, well, it was it's a, such a good bonding experience for the for the, especially the young guys. No, it really is. I think just uh, the 12-hour flight, spending time with the team, with, with your teammates in a you know, kind of more of a closed environment where you're away from a lot of other distractions here in the United States. So, um, yeah, I remember that 12th team really enjoyed the team and really enjoyed the, the experience by going over there. And hopefully, uh, you know, we've got a lot of new guys here, so hopefully it brings this, this team together. Like I just read something today that the Boston Celtics said that they got out of their funk by uh, by having a long five-hour flight to Oakland last night and <laughs> beat the Warriors. So they say they bonded on their long flight to the West Coast. So yeah, hopefully so it helps us bond flight. too. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, that's wonderful. I hope it is smooth sailing for you, Mickey. Uh, and thanks for joining us on Ace Plus. All right. Thank you. Our thanks again to Mickey Morabito for joining us on Ace Plus. We'll provide two more A's Plus podcasts from spring training before the team leaves for Tokyo and continue our coverage from Japan. Our producer today is King Kaufman. Thanks so much for listening. A's Plus is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. Follow me on Twitter, at Susan Slusser, 
or you can email me at slusser at sfchronicle.com. Support A's Plus and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. Subscribe.